Hello and welcome. My name is Tim. And I'm Dante. And I'm Herfy Durfy. And this is Go Mode, a Link to the Past randomizer podcast. And really, it probably should be Go Mode, a, a Link to the Past randomizer podcast. But doubling up on the A's there just seems a little, little cumbersome. And so what we <laughs> yeah. did is we kind of co-opted that A from, from uh, you know, the name of the game. And we're also using it to describe our podcast, which is Go Mode. Um, so I just wanted to clear that up real quick before we got any further. Mm-hmm. Good, uh, good thing you cleared that up. Mm-hmm. I, I you think know, a year and some change <laughs> after we started. I was yeah. really confused, so I, I you know, <laughs> I'm glad we well, we have clarity. And and I figure this way, I can I can hopefully help clear up my inbox a little bit because it seems like probably two or three times a day I get emails from people just being like, "Where's the second A? How come you didn't use two A's in the the intro of the podcast?" You know. So hopefully I just want to like kind of get in front of those and not have to constantly answer those emails with the three paragraphs that I normally answer them with. That makes I, sense. Yeah. I find that a little hard to believe, but sure, we'll, we'll go with that. Play, play in the space, Herf. Play mm-hmm. in the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a pretend world that we've put together <laughs> where, where I get more than one email a week. <laughs> the thousands of emails asking us for the second A to be in the title. Right. Or just, you know, emails asking us anything would be nice. We haven't got an email in a in a minute. Mm-hmm. It's, been, it's been like a month or so. I'll email fair. us and make sure we get three A's in the title. <laughs> Go mode. A, uh, a link to the past. <laughs> <laughs> Randomized podcast. I mean, we could just, um, you know, put that we're a triple A podcast somewhere in there. So A triple A podcast. And I know Dante would like that. A, mm-hmm. I, like, I do like that. Right. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, uh, does that seem like enough banter to you guys? Can we move on to news now? <laughs> sure. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So first off, I want to say uh, you've, you've no doubt seen the title of this episode today. We're going to be talking about trackers. And um, I'm excited for this one. Uh, we we kind of bounced around some ideas of things to talk about earlier this week. Um, we actually had three or four sort of topics we were going to kind of maybe try to combine into one. And as we got talking about it, there's, I think, enough to talk about just with trackers alone um, to cover an entire episode. And it's something that obviously is a huge part of A Link to the Past Randomizers. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to getting into that in a little bit here. Also wanted to mention, Dante is uh, remoting in uh, from a different place than his normal North Carolina recording location. Dante, what's going on right now with you? So, I'm in the hotel, and... AGDQ is kind of happening about eight floors below me, which has been quite an experience. You know, 24 hours a day of some real gaming action going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, are you involved in any way in the marathon this year, or are you just there purely oh, man. spectating? Nah. Uh, we we kind of joked that uh, in a side tournament thing, we I, I missed a match for ALTTPR Mystery, and we joked that we were going to replace Andy's crowd control with with my me and his match. But <laughs> that uh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, uh, probably not. Unfortunately, I'd like to see that. Yeah, I know. I would love to see that too. Yeah. No so past you... guest Act the Boker's here, and he I mentioned that and said, "Let's just do it that way." And Act said, "Are you going to be okay playing on stage like that?" Because I wouldn't be okay playing on stage like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. There's there's usually on average about 110,000 viewers live at any given time for the mainstream. 
uh, for AGDQ. So, yeah, you might get a, a little bit of stage fright. I'm actually usually, usually surprised by how calm and collected everyone is up there. It's been pretty pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see how Andy's crowd control race turns out, actually, because we've had a crowd control race with Act the Boker, who you were just talking about at uh, SG Live. And, you know, the viewer numbers were decidedly lower, I would say, cautiously, you know, and it's been a mess. I know you can set different prices, you can turn off certain things, you can turn on, uh, turn on progressive pricing where stuff keeps getting more and more expensive the more people use it. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. if you've seen any Andy or any crowd control race, you know, the big thing is killing people. And if you have like 100,000 people watching you all killing you, I don't think you're getting anywhere. Exactly. I do think yeah. there's, um, Warp World is here, and uh, there's been a couple of sessions. I even tweeted about one of them where they're sitting down going over, like, final logistics to get everything ready. So I think the pressure is on Warp World, you know, almost mm-hmm. just as much as it is on Andy to make sure this goes over, you know, smoothly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Andy arguably has the easiest job mm-hmm. you know, comparatively when it comes to things coming up because he's just going to play this game that he plays all the time really well, you know, and, and he, he's used to uh, large audiences for streaming, you know, so he's he's just going to play rando and, you know, he's probably feeling pretty good about that. But I would agree that, uh, yeah, Warp World is definitely going to be sort of uh, um, on trial to make sure that they can, uh, you know, deliver with this. And yeah, then it's entertaining. Yeah. For sure. And I, I hope it goes well. That's, you know, basically what we're recording here on Saturday. And that, I think that's in about four or five hours. So it's going to yeah. be really exciting to watch, I think. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try to check it out. I've mm-hmm. got a Challenge Cup race uh, later this afternoon, I think. That should comfortably be over by the time um, Andy's run at, uh, at AGDQ starts. So. Definitely looking forward to checking that out. Um, let's just keep going with the uh, AGDQ chat since we're sort of on the topic already. So, Dante, you're there. You got there last Wednesday. Yeah, I didn't get in until about halfway. Um, and it was in the evening. The uh, the ALTTPR community is, or just ALTTP in general, there's a lot of people here. And it's awesome. It, it, it's kind of like Speed Gaming Live with with more filler. We'll call it filler, but... It's I, I, that sounds derogatory, and I don't mean it that way. But it's just there's so many more people here compared to Speed Gaming Live. Uh, it's just uh, it, it's awesome and it's crazy all at the same time. It's really hard to describe. Yeah, have you ever been to something like this before? I've been to um, several conventions. Magfest was probably the biggest convention I've been to multiple years mm-hmm. in a row, and this is much smaller than Magfest, but. As far as gaming goes, speedrunning, you know, people coming from all over the globe, it's pretty interesting just to see how these people come together and do it twice a year on top of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you got there Wednesday. What sort of runs, either random related or not, uh, have you had a chance to see that you wanted to shout out? Well, the, the hottest thing right now that a lot of LTTP folks are playing, especially the rando community, is a... Uh, kind of a beta ROM hack called uh, Gerudo Path of Exile. Uh, I know Willard J. Bradley was here playing that, as well as Epibliticus, and um, Ak was even playing that for a bit, as well as Korek. So lots of lots of folks playing that. Uh, I've, I started it while I was at my house, but I didn't want to sit down and try to figure out those puzzles, you know, while here. Um, it's it's pretty tough ROM hack from what I've seen so far. So 
On top of that, you know, we've just done we've done a few multi-worlds. There was a multi-world tournament that Synac was hosting here as well. And we were basically doing semifinals and finals uh, at the event versus remotely. We kind of got to that point remotely and continued that on. Mm. Um, so that how, how did that go? Uh, it was the biggest problem is the AGDQ Wi-Fi. Uh, <laughs> it, basically disconnecting constantly is kind of distracting when you're playing multi-world. But unfortunately, that's kind of the nature of the beast. And, you know, it's mm. a casual tournament. So you don't really want to get upset you know it's like plus it's multi-world it's really hard to make that super super competitive um rywick was on my team and during some of our disconnects i totally skipped the hint that was for our go mode item so i I, Uh. you know i told him i was like i let the whole team down you know i was like the downfall (laughs) of 2020 continues but (laughs) but yeah we one of the biggest events we did was uh thursday and that was this was like one of the organized events Synac did. It was called the CKC V3, and basically it was a cross keys event. But it's a teams of three, and you can have up to four. The fourth one could be your coach, and most people only had th- you know three players. But basically, it's a co-op special cross key seed that has those item tickets, like we saw from the group reveal stage with the main oh, tournament. Yeah. And basically, mm-hmm. it comes up and it says claim your ticket, and there are or get your card. And there are these cards you pass out that are either either cash or they're an item. And those items are on, like, a projector and with the, the, the description. And it has basically the, the effect that it's going to have. So one of the things Synac had brought was beer goggles, sim, like simulation beer goggles. Mm. And you could force your opponent to wear those for, I think it was, like, 60 seconds. Uh-huh. And on top of that, uh, there was oven mitts. So if you had the mitts card, you could make them wear oven mitts. For, I think it was two minutes and trying to play ALTTPR <laughs> and fight bosses with oven mitts on is really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't bad. imagine that. There's a picture yeah. of my whole team. We basically got destroyed with those cards and myself, Rywick and Nihon Tiger uh, were basically using our noses to press our D-pad because it was <laughs> the only thing that like could actually hit where you wanted it to hit. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's wild. So I, I want to try to understand this. So in the game, occasionally you could pick up instead of, I don't know, like a 20 rupee or something like that, a ticket that would have real world instructions of a thing that you need to do or that your opponent needs to do. Well, no. So sort of. The okay. the tickets you would get in the game, it would just have a text box that said claim your card or claim your ticket. And okay. what you would do is there were volunteers Synac had. You'd raise your hand. And the volunteer would run over and just, re- they were shuffled cards. They would just hand you the next card on top of the deck. Gotcha. Okay. And then okay. you could either pool together money to get things, or you could just use the item effect that was on the card. One of them was, uh, real quick, one of them is a spoiler log. So if you had two books, you could ask for anything, like, where it was in the game. So Sinek had a spoiler log of it, so we could kind of, you know, the first thing we asked, where's the moon pearl? And then, yeah. because it's entrance, we find out. Swamp Chalice, Swamp Palace, Big Chest, and we were like, "Well, crap! How do we get the flippers and the Swamp Palace small key and the big key?" It's like one of those "careful what you wish for" things. It's like exactly, you got the info, but it's kind of sort of useless. You need like way more stuff first. Yeah, there's there's a lot yeah. you need. Um, the 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 funnest card, I guess we could say, especially near the end of that that whole team run, was the one where it was the Trolldorm card, where you could take control of your opponent's game. 
for 30 seconds. And it, I mean, it wasn't anything <laughs> magical, but it was just you play the card, get up, and go to their station. <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're just not allowed to press the reset button or delete their save file. But you could do uh, anything else you wanted. Uh, a very memorable example for me was uh, the it was all dungeons. So Misery Mire was the GT entrance. I had just walked into Vitreus, and Christos Owen said, I'll be taking control of your game now, sir. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. So it was I quite... mean, yeah, the most obvious thing to do is to just kill him, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was quite a, that far into Meyer. Quite a long walk back, we'll say. Oh, but, man. Uh, but the, uh, the, we've totally forgot Christos' team was in it, because they were on a table behind us, so they were kind of out of sight, out of mind. And once that happened, we kind of remembered... Um, he was on Ganon for over 20 minutes because we kept taking control of his game and walking him off the ledge every single time. Oh, it was, it, it got really fun near the end. It was a, it was a fun experience though. Wow. See with 30 seconds though, let's see, you could, you could walk off the edge, you could go outside, uh, you could mirror and then flute away. Like you could really start to like put some distance between, you know, the Sprite and, and Ganon. Oh, for sure. At that point. The That's thing we, we like to do with that when a lot of people followed suit after we did it was you save basically save and quit or take a death. And as soon as you start back up, just start using all the arrows, all the magic, all the bombs you can. <laughs> oh, man. So it's, it's pretty nightmarish, but it, it's a good time. That's brutal. That's awesome. Um, I want to go back to something that you were talking about a second ago, uh, this, this ROM hack. Uh, is this an ALTTP ROM hack or just something else? Yes, it is. Um, it's still in beta from what I understand. The version that I have says it's 1.5, and I'm not sure what the patch notes are on it. I don't have a whole lot of information as far as who has created it. Okay, yeah, tell me the name again. Uh, it's called Gerudo Exile, but, you know, you're still playing as Link, and, uh, yeah, it, the, the puzzles are just crazy. Uh, you know, they're, they're, some of them are kind of readable, but at the same time, there's a lot of execution heavy type things as well. So the the biggest memorable one, without spoiling too much, there's a dungeon that has the turtle rock layers. I think it's called like Volcano or something. And you're on platforms like you are in Turtle Rock with the cane. The biggest problem is you have to time a bunch of crystal switches just right. Otherwise, they push you off of it and you have to start back over. Gotcha. So you have to figure that puzzle out as well. It's Kind of obnoxious, but at the same time, watching, uh, uh, I believe it was Act play that was pretty entertaining uh, through that that time, at least. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to find some info on it to see if I can uh, credit this. It kind of looks like the person's name is Gerudo Exile, maybe sort of a newcomer. Um, but I'm looking at some screenshots and a trailer of it now. Uh, we'll we'll include a link to that trailer. It's, that's uh, interesting. I'd, I'd I'd like to check that out for sure. I'll see if I can get you some more info as well that we can we can plug out there. Okay, excellent, cool. All right, so we, we've heard a little bit about kind of what's going on behind the scenes. Some uh, randomizer tournaments, uh, you know, outside of the mainstream room and stuff like that. Um, your your reporting is invaluable here. Is there anything else that you think might be sort of interesting to share, or just sort of general thoughts about the event um, before we move on to other news? I'll say now that if anybody in this community has any desire or abil- and or ability to go to a GDQ, whether it be AGDQ, SGDQ, um, I'm sold on wanting to come back already. So yeah. 
my my thought is if you're on the fence, just go ahead, pull the trigger if if you can do it, and um, yeah, it, it, just experience it even if it's for only for a few days, like I'm doing instead of the full week, because it's been fun. And you know, when I'm home watching GDQ, it's you know you're watching the marathon. But I'll be honest, I've been in the marathon room maybe five minutes the whole time I've been here. Mm. There's yeah. just been a lot going on. That's what you hear from a lot of people that go to GDQ, that when you're actually at GDQ, you don't really ever, like, you know, for runs, obviously, that you're super interested in or that you want to support, then you'll be in there. But otherwise, you'll just be so busy with everything else that's going on around it. Exactly. I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah, there's just so much going on. They do such a good job of entertaining all the participants and spectators that, you know. You, and and you, you can't do that kind of stuff usually a lot of other times unless you're at an event like that with so many other people who are sort of on the same wavelength as you. So, yeah, it's, when else are you going to do it, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, cool. Well, Dante, uh, on that note, um, I guess we'll move on. We don't want this episode to be too long because we want to get you back out there to it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess with that, let's go ahead and, and jump into news proper uh, going to the main tournament. Um, GG to you, Dante. I did see you tweeted out and mentioned that you are uh, not in the tournament any longer. Yeah, I, uh, you know, rando gonna rando, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry I let the, the people who picked me to go further oh. than the first round down, but oh. it was... Uh, no, you, no apologies necessary. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, making it to the brackets is a feat in and on itself, I would say. Yeah, last year for me, a win was groups. This year, you know... I felt like I was on bar not borrowed time, but my thought was, man, I'm, I'm I don't think I'm a two seed going into brackets, but sure, I'll take it. <laughs> so, uh, but with the way the settings are this year, you know, just a quick summary, I just think that it's it's really tough. You have to guess right. You have to be on your A game as far as execution, and you you know you have to have a little luck on your side too. And if if you don't have all three, which two of those basically I guess are the same thing, um, you know, you can you know, take an early exit from the tournament for sure. So it's, it's very volatile this year, which is exciting to watch. I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's take a little bit of time for some wild speculation. So, uh, everybody go ahead and get the, um, the challenge up. And in fact, I'll just dump it in chat here for you. Um, I think right off the bat, one thing that's definitely worth mentioning here, um, the surprising, uh, absence of Andy in the next round, he actually was knocked out 0-2 by Sabotender in the first round of brackets. Mm-hmm. Um, so very surprising there. Um, yeah. 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 I was very happy for Sabo there. Um, you, you come up against the two time defending champion. You want to capitalize. You I don't want to speak for, for Sabo, but it's, it's a situation of, you know, this is the guy who's won the last two. I've got to play 100%. And you yeah. could tell, and he said in his interview, there was some nerves in that game, too, if you go back and watch that. Just especially, I think, taking a fall to Ganon. So it, wow. it, it was close, but it was, uh, you know, this this is why we play Rando. We You never really know who's going to win until you cross the bridge. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And I think it's, yeah. uh, it's a well-deserved win as well. Uh, Sabo played well. And, uh Yeah. I think it's, Absolutely. you know, nothing against Andy. I just think it's kind of cool that uh, it's not the same old again, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. 
um, you know, we have in the past gone pretty hard, you know, in Andy's favor. But that's not because I mean, at least for me personally, like I like the guy. I like to watch him play. Um, but I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm like a huge Andy fan, you know, as much as I am a huge Act fan or a huge uh, NY Rambler fan or like any of these other runners. I just like to see the game played really well. And for a long time, Andy was playing the game better than anybody else and still does at a very consistent level. And that's what I like to watch, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Other than that, kind of going through this, you know, the more I sort of think about it, uh, us calling out things, they're just going to be like, oh, this person's good, but they didn't move forward. You know, I I think it makes sense to talk about that for Andy, but I don't necessarily just want to put a bunch of people on blast, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Um, There are a lot of people who are moving forward that you would expect, and then there are some that are a little um, maybe surprising if you've been following uh, these sort of tournaments for a while. But we will, will, of course, as always, have a link to this challenge, so you can go take a look yourself and uh, see see um, you know what maybe what some of your uh, thoughts are on the on the current state of the tournament. Now, one thing we can do: Do you guys have any predictions moving forward? Anything you'd like to throw out? Uh, strong contenders to maybe take it to the final stages. Uh, for me, probably. If I had to pick a top three, it would be Jem, Bonta, and the third one's a tough one. Maybe Blaine? Yeah. I was going to say, we've uh, Blaine has been a favorite in our community. Uh, we've talked about him just in the last episode. I, I definitely see Blaine going nice and far, um, possibly even to the final game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a high probability. You know, I think personally, I, I really love, just for the sentimental value of being at Speed Gaming Live, I would love to see a rematch in finals of Weighty Words and Jim and, yeah, and a Best of be Three series. Sweet. That would be, uh, I think, a ton of fun to watch. And, you know, I say that, and then I think, man, all these other players in here, there's there's a lot of finals matchups that would be a lot of fun to watch. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. when it gets down to top eight, top four, um, I think at that point it'll be a little... A little more intriguing to kind of make some predictions, but man, 64 and 32, it's really hard to make any predictions at this point um, because pretty much anything can happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any final thoughts on the main tourney? No, not really. I mean, it's progressing nicely. I think other than what we've been talking about with Andy, there haven't been any super crazy upsets, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just yeah. super happy for the admins that it's chugging along and we're going to looks like we're still on schedule. So uh, it, that from from an administrative perspective, I think it's I mean, I'm not on it. I'm speaking for her here, but <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it looks like it's smoother than last year. So that I, I hope that trend continues for them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's always super crazy in the qualifiers in the beginning because of the amount of people that you have to wrangle together. But, it, you know, all tournaments keep getting more manageable the longer they go on just because they keep getting smaller and smaller. And exactly. This, and this one had the, the benefit of not being, like, 24 months long like the last one. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Cool. Okay, well, we'll continue to bring you updates on the main tournament. For now, let's go to the cousin tournament, the sister tournament, maybe, if you will, of the main tourney, which is the Challenge Cup, um, which is uh, chucking right along. Um, the round one best of threes are getting finished up. Um, 
My match against uh, Alex Nilsson, 92, is later on today. By today, I mean Saturday the 11th. Um, we'll hopefully have that wrapped up, and I'll know whether or not I've moved on. But as we look through the challenge for the Challenge Cup, uh, most games have finished in their first round, and uh, we're just kind of waiting on ones like mine to, to finish up. But um, as I look ahead to my potential future, if I do manage to move on from uh, Nilsson Alex 92, I've got Trip, uh, who was one of the mentors in the GMP tournament. And then I would have to assume... Um, uh, the next person I would face off with would probably be PRD Wong, um, who looks uh, pretty set to advance um, on to play the winner of the game against Trip. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty tough uh, uh, road ahead for your boy Timp mm-hmm. um, from from here. But uh, I will of course do my best uh, in all games. But um, looking about uh, sort of in the other you know brackets here and the other legs of this tournament um quite a few uh gmp names as we've talked about have moved on adirondack rick who we had on to talk about commentary has moved on to round two um let's see here a trip as i mentioned actually has a buy they're they're ranked number eight um i wanted to quickly shout out uh lumaga has moved on um pretty prominent member of our community uh, helps out quite a bit with the restreams um game one of lumaga versus signums definitely definitely recommend checking that out it was on the go mode podcast channel uh man that was a really really good race i i really enjoyed checking out the last 30 or so minutes of it uh and I, i would have to recommend it so you guys can see that so i'll put a link to that in the description of this episode but um that uh was one of the ones that was on the go mode podcast channel we've had plenty more um they've been hard at work bringing you tons of restreams um usually you know 10 to 15 a week i would say so very impressive um and yeah uh what else about the challenge cup do you guys have any thoughts on the challenge cup i'm kind of your man on the ground there which is why i'm doing most of the talking but yeah what do you guys think uh i mean as you were saying congrats to everyone who's uh done well in that i've admittedly not been following it very closely so i'm getting most of my news from you (laughs) yeah but uh uh, yeah i mean just uh, ggs to everyone who's still in it and uh, best of luck especially to you uh, for your match today i hope you do move on and uh yeah i think it's great I've heard that uh, Alex Nelson, so very, I know very little about them other than that they're Swedish. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they're pretty good. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, they're definitely a solid runner. Um, but hey, Temp's a solid runner too. So we're going right. to see how this pans out for you. Ho- hopefully it goes well. Um, you know, wish yeah. you lots of luck. I will say that as far as this tournament goes, it's been really nice seeing the representation of kind of the Go Mode community. And, you know, at least, you know, in groups and brackets, and I believe it was Daddy Gamers and Oro that had to play in the mm-hmm. first round. And, it, it, you know, that's that's the nature of tournaments. But at the same time, it was kind of like, man, it would be so nice if, like, Top 8 could be this huge Go Mode community takeover. Yeah. Uh, but, unfortunately, the brackets didn't shake out where that's it looks like that that's probably not going to be something that yeah. can happen. When you make a bunch of them play each other at the beginning, it kind of lessens (laughs) the number you're going to get at the end. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it it has been uh, really cool sort of having de facto, you know, there's there's a a good number of us that are in this tournament where I already kind of have a favorite going in. And in a community like this, that that can be kind of difficult when there are so many people and so many of them are so likable. It's like, well, 
I, I want everyone to do good. I don't know. I don't hate anyone in this community. But when you already have a little bit of like, oh, they're kind of on my team, quote unquote, then I don't know. It makes it makes watching the races that much more interesting, I guess, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but cool. We will bring you the updates on that one as well. Um, so the last thing to talk about here, I wanted to shine a little spotlight on uh, a new production. Um, so as of last Wednesday, the 8th, uh, we were no longer able to say that we were the only podcast about a randomized game and uh, its community because uh, there is now a new podcast called Gossip Stone, an Ocarina of Time randomizer podcast uh, that was launched on Wednesday. So Ooh, have you guys nice. had a chance to check this out? <clears throat> Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm interested in it. I saw the conversation in Discord happening about it. Um, definitely something I'm curious to listen to. It's been something, you know, Zooter is something that I've, you know, played very casually. And to be honest with Game Shark Codes, because I, you know, I hate when we do multi-worlds and you have to wait. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that you don't aside, want to be that guy that doesn't know anything about the game that everyone else is waiting on. Yeah, and you know, considering it's it's something that I feel like I could go fast at, it's just I don't really, I don't know if I want to, but I think yeah. it would be a good listen. So, I mean, I'm going to at least give it a shot, listen to it, see if I can learn a couple things about, you know, the randomizer itself, because I'm pretty green around the edges when it comes to uh, with Zooter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I listened to about half the first episode. Um, I wanted to mention first real quick, uh, this is brought to us by Riley emo soda and yoshi kyan those are the three hosts and uh they have a it's honestly pretty similar to you know what we've just did the last 30 minutes which is just kind of like talk about stuff that's going on in a very casual manner um if you're into that sort of thing if you're listening to this you probably are and you have any sort of interest in zooter i would recommend you know giving it a listen see if it's uh, the kind of thing that's up your alley um like dante i know very little about zooter I enjoy watching, but I don't really understand what's going on a lot of the time. And uh, I I do hope that, um, you know, this first episode, they were mostly talking about tournament matches. They get pretty in-depth on them. Um, I'm hoping that at some point they talk a little bit about, kind of like we do, you know, help people get into the game a little bit and help with the strategy and layouts and walkthroughs and stuff. Because that I could really benefit from. And then maybe one of these days I'll finally give it a, give it a go. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to shout that out. I thought that was cool. It's definitely sort of adjacent to kind of what we do. Um, and we'll of course put a link to their first episode in the description and yeah, best of luck to gossip stone as they uh, continue putting out episodes. Oh, by the way, once a week, they're doing once a week episodes. Um, okay. Yeah. During the tournament, uh, at least they Mm -hmm. said during the tournament, they'll do weekly and then maybe they'll back back down. Um, I wanted to do weekly when we first came out, and uh, Herf and Axe talked me out of it. <laughs> but honestly, I'm, I'm glad they did. I don't think yeah. I could have sustained that weekly pace. Yeah, That would have been pretty rough, I think, especially on you for all the editing that you would have to exactly. do. Uh, nah. The main yeah. thing when you take on an endeavor such as this is preventing burnout. And mm-hmm. the you know the bi-weekly schedule that we're on, I think, is, is good for that. It, it keeps you fresh, and at the same time, it leaves, you know, before I was a host, it leaves the, the listeners wanting more because I'd listen to an episode and then the next week when there was nothing to listen to on my drive on that specific day, I'd be like, man, I wish there was an episode this week. So it just kind of made me want yeah. the next one that much more. 
Totally. Yeah, some of my favorite podcasts are every other weekers, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree with you. I, I It would be... Um, I think episodes would probably just just be shorter. It, they'd be like 45 minutes long instead of like an hour and a half-ish. But, sure. But yeah, I, you know, having to edit every single Tuesday instead of every other Tuesday would uh, would probably get to me. But anyway, yeah, I just wanted to shout those guys out. Um, you know, GG on getting the first episode out there and, and good luck. And i um, excited to see what comes next for you guys. Um, cool. Okay, I think that's all the news unless anyone has anything that's happened the last couple weeks that they want to shout out. Um, well, I do have two small pieces of Intel that we're allowed to talk about. So, Oh, I think I know, I might know what one of these is. Yeah. So, uh, sometime after there, there currently is an all dungeons tournament either about to start in the vanilla, um, ALTTP community. And once that wraps up, the Synac has told me there is going to be a prodigy NMG tournament. Basically meaning if your time or your PB is slower than a certain mark, then you're allowed in. So if you're one of the really high tier runners, like right now they're juggling a baseline and this is not set in stone. So big, you know, big variables here, somewhere in the PB range of 130 to 135. Um, And if your PB is slower than that, you're allowed in. And if it's faster than that, well, then you're too good to be in the tournament. So that's uh, something that's coming up. And I know a lot of people have been talking about wanting to learn NMG and, uh, you know, just to help improve execution with this kind of coming up on the horizon sometime in, I've been told, first half of 2020. And I know we just got started, so that could be a little ways off. But that's like the perfect time, I think, for people to really dip their toe in to from rando back into the vanilla speed run and, you know, learn it and see how much you can improve along the way. I think people would be surprised uh, how much their, their like rando performance could improve from like, like when we, we all, you guys had Buane on mm-hmm. basically talking about that. So that would be, I think a huge benefit for a lot of runners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this, this uh, prodigy tournament, it's kind of a misnomer in my opinion, because a prodigy is a person who's very, very good at something naturally at a young age. Whereas this tournament is not for people who are really good at it. This is for people who aren't necessarily that great at it yet and want to get better at it, but also want to compete. Right. And this is, I think the names kind of pulled from, there was a Super Metroid Prodigy tournament, and I think there may be another one coming up uh, along the along the way here really soon. But it's, uh, it's basically just a, a drive to get people to want to play and compete more. Because a lot of times you, you know, you get more than three blue balls from Aghanim in the vanilla run, and it's like, well, this run's dead, or you die to Helmosaur mm-hmm. King, and then you reset. And it, this is just kind of a way to say, you know what, just keep playing, and the progression will come. It's just you got to log the hours, so to speak, and it depends on how bad you want to grind for it, kind of like yeah. rando sometimes. Yeah, and to your point, if you're racing somebody, um, you know, you might – it gives you less incentive to reset. In fact, you're not going to. If you are, because you know your other your opponent could make a bunch of mistakes, and now you still have a chance to win, even though you didn't get a PB, you're still like you said grinding it out. So, um, yeah, I people brought up this uh, Super Metroid Prodigy tournament when we were starting the Mentor tournament. Um, they compared it to that in so far as it was for people who weren't the best that wanted to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was kind of made for those sorts of people. 
Um, but yeah, I love the idea of it. Uh, I don't have an NMG time yet. It's not something I've really dipped my toes into. So I don't know if I'd be able to participate in this one. But same thing, you know, with uh, this Challenge Cup and main tournament, I'd definitely like to watch along and cheer on some, you know, GMP members. So yeah, cool. I think it's going to be a lot of fun uh, just from, you know, talking to Sinek about it just a little bit this weekend. And um, yeah, looking forward to when that announcement's coming out. Sweet. Well, thanks for uh, the scoop on that. That's awesome. Did you say you had one more thing? Yeah, so we're going to continue. Obviously, um, Sinek was letting me know that it's probably going to be earlier summer time frame, but there will be also a uh, spoiler tournament yet again. Mm-hmm. So if you mm-hmm. missed out on the spoiler tournament uh, from last year, uh, that is going to be another thing that happens again this year. At least it is on the docket to do so. So uh, I'm, I personally didn't run in that one last year. There was a lot of stuff going on at the same time. And as long as it's, you know, around that summertime and my schedule allows, I think I may, you know, give it a shot and we'll see how that goes. Hmm. Oh, so nice. spoiler tournament. Sorry, Herf, go ahead. Oh, I was just uh, saying that that's nice that they're bringing it back. Yeah, it is nice. So a quick reminder about how that works, if you would. Uh, so with spoiler tournaments, um, Basically, when the timer starts, that is the beginning is 15 minutes for you to sit down, look at the spoiler log and kind of plan out your route. And there's personally, I don't have a lot of experience doing this, so I don't know. I can't comment right now on saying this is the ideal way to do so or how to, you know, chart out your route. But basically, runners will have 15 minutes, if I remember that time correctly, to uh, chart their route and then you start and you can keep the spoiler log open while running. So that way you have to route in how many safeties you want, how what items you need, and beat the game quick as you can. And if mm-hmm. I remember correctly, you know, the dreaded stream sniping was allowed in that mm-hmm. tournament. But with, with it being a spoiler log, it's kind of like NMG, where if you're behind, you know you're behind, and you just got to hope they screw up, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. knowledge doesn't even really help at that point. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Um, yeah, that we uh, when we released our cheating episode, the biweekly seed that we put out was a spoiler log uh, race where you could use it if you wanted. And uh, furthermore, rather, well, actually, rather than looking at the spoiler log, um, Oreo and I decided to race each other, and uh, we did a stream sniping race. <laughs> and uh, man, those are crazy. <laughs> it was. It was. I remember uh, that. Very weird to be able to see your opponent, and especially I was behind most of the time, so it was just like. I was just like trying to cut corners everywhere I could to try to gain some yeah. time. It was yeah, it was interesting, but uh, that, it, also fun. I would say it was also fun. I would recommend it too. So, um, cool. Well, thank you for those scoops, Dante. Um, anything else? Well, no, that's it. I guess I don't really have a scoop or anything, but I wanted to mention that I played both uh, one of the Halloween seeds as well as one of the festive seeds that were released. Ooh, uh, I didn't fun. stream them or anything, but I played both of them. Uh, the Halloween nice. one was all right. I enjoyed the changes that they've made, but it didn't really, you know, I didn't really think it was super amazing. I you, liked... Now, you already played that one, right? Because I remember you talking about the, the date yeah. game replacement. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And then uh, the festive one was pretty fun, but uh, interestingly enough, I remember you saying that you had VTorp in your chat while you were playing yours. Yeah. And uh, he confirmed that you would find both the 
like the coat and the shoes to not slip on the ice anymore relatively early in the game. Mm -hmm. And uh, the seed that I played, I never found the ice boots. Never. I finished the oh, whole wow. seeds without finding the ice boots. It wasn't really no, what, a problem at all, but mm -hmm. it, it just kind of struck me as weird. It was the, uh, the coat, which is the male. And mm -hmm. the gloves. Oh, the, the gloves. He said okay. You gotta find. Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Um, there was one other thing. Actually, I'm glad you brought that back up because uh, when I was uh, playing, I opened a chest in Paradox Cave and there was like an evil duck that was inside or yeah. something like that. I got that as my second chest in the chest game, which made it even more weird than it already is. Yeah. Uh, and Vito, he, he was like, uh, in my chat, he was like, oh no, you got a cursed duck or something like that. And I was like, uh oh, I'm sure this is going to mess me up. And I promptly forgot about it. It had no further effect on the game. Uh, I forgot to mention it when we were talking about it on the podcast. So I still have no idea what that was or what it did. I think it's just a troll item. I don't think, uh, I didn't see it appear anywhere else. It didn't come up in the credits or anything. I, I don't yeah. think it was anything. Yeah, the only I thing I could think if it had any value or devalue, it may have made you take more damage to the cold mm. because the timer was initially very slow. And I don't know if it's just based off your total health, you know, but mm -hmm. it seemed like because we got the coat pretty late in the seed that I played with some of the folks. And it just, I don't know, it felt like we were taking a ton of damage after we got the thing. But mm -hmm. other than that, I can't think of anything it does either. It may just be like a red herring where it makes you just think you're having something bad happen. Yeah, that was the impre that was how I chose to treat it, whether yeah. that was actually the case or not. It didn't seem to affect me in any way. So, well, well right. that's good, Herf. It's good that you played. It's uh, <laughs> it's I, a I, I thought the fest going to snow. Yeah, Christmas miracle. Yeah. Um, did you finish? I did, yeah. I uh, thought it was nice. interesting to to have to give all the presents back to the people, and it kind of worked out in a way, not really by choice, just by accident, that uh, I uh, could give the last uh, present to the dude who was in the old man cave, mm -hmm. and uh, it just all worked out really well with how I gave him back, I guess. Nice. Um, yeah, no, that was a it was a fun mode. Like I wouldn't mind revisiting that one. Mm -hmm. um, okay, well, I guess with that, we'll wrap up the news and let's get into our feature. Okay, trackers. This game is complicated. It's Especially complicated if you're game. new, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> it is at that point. <laughs> It's a complicated game. Uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to keep track of. And that is why you will see many, many people who play this game, whether they're streaming or racing or playing casually, will use some sort of tracking program to help them keep track of everything that they're, that, that's going on. Um, it's If you've even played one seed before, hopefully you did play with the tracker. I know my first seed I played with that one, and it took way, way longer than it had any right to. Um, I don't know why at first I, I kind of had an aversion to him. I was like, oh, I don't need that. It's That's dumb. It's just another thing to set up. Um, but now I wouldn't dream of starting a, a seed unless I had my trusty tracker set up next to me and ready to take down the info that I need it to uh, keep track of for me. Um 
So uh, what we're going to talk about this time, um, there's three main trackers that you kind of hear of people using. So we're going to talk about the three of those and the kind of the pros and cons and um, you know, what we recommend for each of those trackers, but also in general, um, we're just going to talk a little bit about tracking and, you know, why it's so important and things to help, you know, help you track better and things to keep in mind while you are using your tracker or selecting a tracker. Um, so without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into that. Let's start with just some kind of basic advice. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the first thing I wanted to get into with you guys here and kind of pick your brains on is uh, setting up your map. So mm-hmm. that is one of the main things, you know, you kind of have to set up your tracker so that it's reflecting information about the seed that you're playing, uh, you know, based on where are the pendants, where are the crystals, things like that. So after you start the seed, you need to do some work on your tracker. And one of the first things that you'll see people do typically is uh, check their um, check their map and see how the light world is, is laid out, you know, where are the pendants and or crystals. And then the same thing when they get to the dark world, um, checking that out. Now, newer players, you'll usually see on these screens for a little bit longer than veteran players. And I wanted to talk to you guys and see, you know, what is it that you think that these veteran players are doing to where they can more quickly take in the information on these map seat, or on these map screens and mark their trackers accordingly without having to spend like 15 or 20 seconds on it? I think, especially in the light world, because it only has three dungeons, but it works in the dark world too, the more you practice it. Uh, one thing that's very good about the ALTTP map, uh, overworld map, I should say, I think is uh, that it's very easily, like visually distinct, you know? You can easily differentiate between a crystal shape and a pendant shape, I feel like, in the little bubbles that show up on the map. So that's your first like big tell that you can tell at a short glance if you really practiced with it. And then really the only difference that you're going to be looking for is kind of is it blue or is it not blue? Which I think is another important like thing that you need to look out for because all almost all crystals will be blue and only one pendant will be blue. And again the shape comes in here. And then for red, it's kind of the same, you know, with the crystals and the pendant. And there's only going to be one green thing, so you can easily tell that at a short glance. And I think people, you know, the the better players who only look at their map for like half a second, they've really mastered, you know, telling everything at a glance, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dante, what do you think? Maps are probably the thing I think a lot of people take for granted and something to do quickly. Um, I, I just feel like when when I when I have the map up for more than about two or three seconds, I feel like instead of seconds, it's it's that many eternities that I'm yeah. just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously, when you're racing, that's that's the feeling you get. But my thought is, I always want to check it early, but at the, so I can plan a route. But at the same time. I kind of want to check it where I can kind of go into autopilot where, you know, a lot of times going over to hype cave from that dark world portal is a good one because what you can do is you'll see a lot of runners, you'll see their trackers changing while they're on the map. And my thing is I want to just get that information. I need to retain it for 30 seconds and, you know, longer than that, obviously, but if I'm going to put it on a tracker, about 30 seconds, and then I can kind of walk around and avoid enemies with one hand while I'm clicking with the other. 
That's mm-hmm. that, that's how I usually try to handle it, and you know, get everything marked like I need to. And I'm not going to say I've been perfect every time doing it. I've made mistakes. I've had to check the map twice, and that's obviously a big feels bad type thing too. But um, efficiency, just like everything in Rando, efficiency with map tracking or, you know, looking at your crystals and pendants is very essential, I think. But like Herf was saying, seeing the different colored crystals, that's a thing. Being able to try and, de- to like, decipher, it really depends on how good your peripheral vision is. And mm-hmm. I'm really not good at this personally, but it alternates between the color and the crystal number where the pendants are on off basically. So if you could see a five and a six, if you get lucky and they're in your line of sight, you know, you don't have to look for that red and you just need to find your pendants at that point. But you, what the goal like is you want as much garbage in light world. So, you know, you only don't have to track too much. You only need to look for the outliers in dark world. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So Dante has hit on something already um, that I think is another one of those unique things that randomizer players uh, have to worry about that maybe other game, you know, in other communities you don't have to, which is the fact that we're playing this game on a screen, presumably, but we also have this physical thing that is away from the game, you know, and it could be on the same computer, like my tracker is on the same computer as my emulator. Uh, on a different screen, but I have to stop holding the controller to hold the mouse to now track, you know, whatever it is that that needs to be tracked. And mm. in the sake of of the map, you know, like Dante said, um, you you don't necessarily want to take the time while you have the map up to be making the changes because it's making that whole thing take longer. Um, so the time when you get information in this game is not always the best time to be tracking that onto your tracker i guess is the main sort of point that i that i want to take away from all of that um you know it sort of involves you having to kind of like sing the information in your head for a little while until (laughs) you finally do get that door transition or that save and quit or whatever it may be to put that down you know on the tracker um so that is i think an important part of map tracking um and then uh going back to what what herf was saying about um you know, kind of quickly, you know, you you know that things are going to be a blue crystal most of the time. There's five of those. Um, so that takes care of uh, half of the map, um, you know, items that you have to track. So you and I and I think most trackers will default to that blue crystal. Um, so if you don't press anything on it, it stays blue crystal. So you're really just looking for what are the two red crystals and what are the pendants and sort of keeping that in your mind until you have a chance to mark those. Um, so, yeah, that, that sort of helps with the map tracker. And then uh, another thing that Dante said is, you know, it can feel very, very long when you're on that map screen. Um, but it's probably more important that you make sure to get it right than it is to go super fast and then maybe have to look a second time or accidentally mark something wrong and then have that totally blow up your entire seed. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. That's yeah. definitely I mean, the worst. It's yeah. it's a scenario of I'd rather lose another second here to make sure it's right, exactly, versus losing a full minute or two minutes or more than that because it was a you know a key sanity where I got some maps and you know I mismarked them because you know obviously the 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 dungeons don't appear in key sanity unless you have the map. But that being said, the music's randomized. So you can't go off pendant music when you walk into a dungeon. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So other things about tracking. Let's see. Um, so this kind of goes along with, um, you know, the fact that the time that you get the information is not always the best time to be entering it. Um, sometimes it makes sense to mark something preemptively. If you already know from a hint that, you know, the hammer is going to be in the big chest of, uh, um, I don't know, pod, then you can you can mark that when you're in the dark maze maybe on the way, as long as you know you're not going to die. If it's like a certainty that you're about to get the item, maybe you want to just go ahead and mark it beforehand. Um, mm-hmm. That's something that can, that can be helpful um, as long as you do it in a controlled way and you're careful about it. And um, that's something yeah. I'll do, honestly. Like, if I if you're about to last location something, um, it, it, sometimes in my VODs you'll see me click an item and then it'll be up for a second and I'll unclick it and then I'll click a different one. And what's kind of the thing is the reason I do that, I want to see what's going to be available to me if this item I think is about to show up yeah. or, like, is going to show mm-hmm. up. Because I, since I use a map tracker, I, I like to see the route. And that way I can kind of say, all right, what's the most efficient way I can do this? And that's that's where trackers really become a benefit. But if you are wasting time doing it, then, you know, making mistakes while playing, to, trying to do that, I would highly suggest not, you know, messing with the tracker, more so mess with the game and make sure you're, you're playing to the best of your capabilities. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So speaking of map tracker, let's uh, let's start to get into that. So there's kind of two main types of trackers that you'll see people use. Um, and uh, as far as like one being more advanced than the other, I don't know. It seems like there's a pretty even mix of all skill levels using both of these, uh, which is not necessarily what you might think right off the bat. Um, so uh, Dante has alluded to the first type, which is a map tracker, which in addition to having all of the items that you can click and say, yes, I have them or I don't have them, uh, they also have every single item location in the game that you can make it to listed. So once you've checked one of them, the idea is you check it and then remove it from the map. So now only the remaining checks that you can get to are listed. Uh, most map trackers do have exactly that, just like a giant map of both the light world and the dark world next to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and an approximation of usually green um, circles or squares or blobs or something to that effect that you can click. And they, they usually um, like kind of will aggregate all of the items in an area. So like uh, for Hype Cave, you know, we all know that there's five items there. There's the one NPC and then the four chests beyond. Uh, but that will probably just be one square. And it's assumed if you've been there, you've checked all five of those chests. Um, now, the other nice thing about map trackers that Dante alluded to here is uh, the I believe every one of them worth their weight is going to be a, a dynamic, which means that if you are to, you know, click your tracker and say that you have the hammer and that was your dark world access. Now, a whole bunch of lights are going to light up in the dark world on the map uh, as a way to represent the fact that you are now able to get to those checks and check them. So the map checker, in addition to telling you where you have been, can also tell you what is now available to you. And that's probably the most valuable part of a map tracker, in my opinion, is knowing where you can go, um, not having to remember, okay, let's see, I have Dark World Access plus the mirror. That means I can go to K45. 
just telling your tracker all of the things that you have and letting your tracker tell you that K45 is available, basically. So you don't have to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would also say that and I mean kind of, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand, but a telling you where you can go and also where you have already been, mm-hmm. which is another big thing that usually you'd have to remember. You know, I mean, the more you play, the more practice you get at that, and it kind of becomes an automatic thing that you do. But at first, it's kind of hard to remember, wait, did I forget something here? Did I get everything? Did I have 100 bucks for the bottle vendor in Kakariko the first time I was there, or did I not get that? Yeah, it's definitely nice to be able to leave something on your tracker that you didn't weren't able to check the first time so that you don't forget about it and you do make time to come back. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I always use a map tracker. I've never not used a map tracker. I couldn't imagine trying to play without one. Um, what do you think it is that makes people able to play this game without a map tracker? So, like, what, what, are they, ahead, what, is, what do they have that no, I don't I was have? Say, you go ahead on this one. Uh, I was just going to say, I'm also someone who started, so I have good and bad things to say about map trackers. I started with a map tracker and it was invaluable to me personally because it helped me not only tell me where I can go with the items that I have, as we were just saying, it also helped me learn where even all the item locations are on the map Uh, because the little green or red or yellow or whatever boxes that show up, they're, you know, kind of roughly where they actually are on the map of the game. So Mm -hmm. it really helped me learn all the item locations when I first started playing Randomizer. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's good. It's good visual practice to know mm-hmm. where, yeah, where the locations are for sure. So that really helped me. But the downside for me is, uh, as you were just kind of alluding to, I feel totally dependent on my map tracker. I can play a seed. Maybe I can. I've never dared to try, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think I could. Uh, just because, you know, as I was just saying, remembering where I've already been, remembering where I can go to is probably the biggest thing. I could probably piece it together, but I'm sure it would cost me a lot of time to play without a map tracker. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I haven't even dared to try without it. And maybe I could, I maybe I couldn't. I almost, I don't even care. I don't want to find out. I'm just going to use the map tracker, I think, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, when I started, I wanted, yeah. you know, I initially just used an item tracker. I didn't use the map. And it, it worked. I mean, if I was trying to think about where I could go, I could look at that. It helped me think about the game in a different light when I was starting out. But being in spring 2018 tournament and having two kind of niche scenarios where, um, you know, I just wasn't prepared for that to happen and not having not having the the map to show me where to go at that point, it was like, you know what, that's I'm I'm making the change because I'm handicapping myself. If I don't, you know, if I don't use it, Um, I I was going to not use it or try to graduate from it, but I've, I feel like I've kind of learned to not waste time using it. And I'm sure I still waste time do like some time using it, but I try to be as efficient as I can, um, you know, while tracking on the map at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was quite um, heartened to see when we went to SGL 2019 that, I mean, Jem and Weighty Words both on the, you know, for the grand finals up there using trackers, you know, like these are some of the best of the best. And it's it's not like, uh, 
You know, it's not like they don't need them as well or they don't benefit from using them, I should say. I'm sure they probably could go without them if they really wanted to. But um, it's just such a useful tool to have. And um, it's, re it's really there's no reason not to use one. It's it's totally allowed. It's understood. And um, yeah, it's 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 a lot of really helpful information that you get from it. Mm -hmm. um, now, that being said, you know, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't have room for that in your setup, or maybe you feel like it restricts you in some way. Um, there are also people who use just the item tracker, and uh, it's pretty pretty straightforward. It's the exact same thing as a normal tracker, just without the map of dark and light world with all the green dots and yellow dots and red dots and things like that. Um, and you, you're just keeping track of the items. So um, still very helpful, um, especially if you're a streamer and you want to be able to clue your audience in on you know what you have without them having to wait for you to menu um you know item tracker is for you and you can list everything that you have uh now the usually the cool thing about the item and map tracker is based on what you put into the item tracker it opens up things on the map tracker for you item tracker is pretty much just a glorified sprite checker <laughs> like it's it'll just highlight the thing or unhighlight the thing and that's, yeah. that's pretty much all it's doing Kind of, I would say. I think for item trackers, uh, the, the actual tracking of the items is probably more for the stream stuff. You know, if you've ever watched yeah. a rando stream anywhere, the item tracker part is usually what you see. No matter if people have a map tracker along with it or not, the map tracker mm -hmm. is usually not the part that's streamed. But I think the item trackers still kind of serve as help for marking pendants and crystals and for keeping track of uh, item counts and dungeons and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. they're, you know, not as helpful for telling you where to go and stuff, but they're still helpful in a way where it where you benefit from it, I'd say. Yeah. Now, let's uh, let's talk about something. This It's not on our outline, but I think it's probably a good time to mention it. When you are talking about map trackers, um, as I mentioned, you know, places you can go, those are usually designated with green squares or circles. They're gr usually green saying like, yes, you can go here. You can check this. You have everything. Mm -hmm. um, there's also a couple other conditions that you'll see pretty universally across map trackers um, where the items might be blue or yellow. Um, and this is usually some combination of, yes, you can get there, but it is uh, you'd have to do so with a glitch like fake flipper or a dark room. Um, or uh, saying that, you know, you could conditionally get here, like maybe Desert Palace. It, uh, you know, maybe Desert Palace, maybe you don't have the boots. We don't know if it's boots locked or not. So mm -hmm. until you get there and check it, you'll be able to find out. But uh, since we don't know if you can 100% do it full clear and kill the boss, um, we're, we're not going to list it as green. It's going to be blue or yellow, you know, depending on the tracker. Mm -hmm. um, and then you'll see sometimes um, either boxes that won't show up at all or they'll show up as red to say you cannot go to these places or you cannot get all of the items that are here um and, and that gets a little more tracker specific i think but um that is another nice thing about these map trackers they can show you conditionally uh items that you may or may not be able to get um now of course it's up to you to know how your tracker uh, tracks that sort of stuff and what color it's going to show up as and what that means when you see that and all that good stuff so um, cool. All right. So, um, I put in here, there's, there's an also, uh, an, another way you can kind of section off trackers is whether they're web-based or not, but re there's really only one that's not web-based and that is, um, emo tracker. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a program. So that, that pretty much, uh, handles all of that. 
So with that, um, do you guys have any other final sort of thoughts on trackers in general before we look at sort of the main three and talk about each of them individually? Um, let me think. I think we covered everything pretty thoroughly. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I think map trackers is probably something that could fill a whole episode because I know there's been a lot of discussion in the community as well if they're kind of, you know, if they're too much with what they're showing you. Uh, because they're, they are kind of, you know, it, it's sort of an argument, I guess. They don't really tell you where to go. They show you where you can go. But right. it's still, you know, a lot of stuff that it shows you that normally you'd have to think about yourself, I guess, is the argument there. Yeah. So, well, let's, yeah. yeah, let's get into talking about one of them. Um, which one do we want to start with? Uh, I'm, well, I'm per I personally have been using ever since the start and will probably use forever and ever cross products tracker. So that's the one that I can talk about. Yeah, go ahead. Let, tell us a little bit about uh, Cross Product. All right, so Cross Product Tracker is, as far as I know, one of the first rando trackers that was ever conceived back in the day, and it's a, a web-based tracker where you download essentially an HTML file and uh, double-click it, and it launches a little browser window. It supports open and standard mode, uh, as far as I'm aware. I know there's a few like user-made hacks and forks, I guess, that support other modes and extend the tracker and stuff like that. But Cross Products itself only supports standard and open. And you can choose to open it up with or without a map tracker. And uh, essentially what you get is what you see in a lot of streams. You get on the left side your item tracker with all your items and dungeons that you can mark and uh, your equipment that you have. And on the right side you have the light and the dark world with squares uh, that show you where you can go. Uh, green is for fully accessible, yellow is, uh, as Tim mentioned, only accessible with glitches or through dark rooms, or sometimes it means uh, you can take a look at the item, but you can't get it yet, say a bumper cave ledge, you can, you know, walk up to it and see if it's good or not, but you can't get it yet because you don't have the cave yet. Those are also yellow, and red means you can't access them. That's really the only differentiation that there is. And uh, it's uh, it served me well. It works perfectly fine. It does everything I wanted to. I I've never felt it needed to do more. But I also don't play entrance rando or cross keys or anything <laughs> crazy like that. We don't play yeah. the bad modes right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so cross product. I used this at SGL 2019 um, because I had my MacBook with me and forgot that. Uh, emo tracker which i was planning on using doesn't have a version for mac so i used cross product and the only downside that i found with it at the time is since it is a web-based tracker um you know i i went online and i got it up and then we turned our internet off uh and then i realized if you try to click one of the sprites when the internet is off, it can't load what the new sprite is supposed to be, you know, save for oh, like your yeah. green mail Ooh, when you uh -huh. click it and you need it to be red now. Um, it, it just shows up as blank because you hadn't loaded the red mail before you turned the internet off. So that was something that I learned. And then for the next time, actually, Oro was like, uh, he, he's the one that cracked that for me. I was like, why is he doing this? He was like, oh, because you're not on the internet and it doesn't know what to show you. Um, before I would race, I would click every single thing on the item tracker on and off so that mm -hmm. it would cycle through so that I had it. And then I would turn my internet off and then it worked just fine. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Got, that's ingenious. Yeah, I like that. 
I, uh, I, was, I mean, yeah, it worked. I, I, I only know the like downloadable version, I suppose, which is mm. basically just a zip file that he offers, I believe, on his Twitch page that has, you know, the HTML file and all the sprites and everything, and you just kind of run it locally. So I've never mm. run into that problem personally, but officially, as you said, it's kind of web-based, and you can't just run it off the internet, but then I guess you run into problems like that. <laughs> Well, I wish I had just done what, what you did. I didn't even know that was an, an option mm-hmm. at the time, actually. So that's good to know. But, uh, yeah, we made it work. It was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, Cross Product, It's uh, one another thing I can say about it is uh, the very first tracker that I ever used was Stumpy, um, mm-hmm. which was a derivative of Cross Product's tracker. It uses the same logic. Um, just has a little bit of a slightly different graphical layout. I don't think it was updated for V31 Stumpy. Um, so, which is why I don't use it anymore. It looks to be exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wanted to make sure that I had something that was the most up to date. So, um, but I, I liked Stumpy. It was, it's easy to use. It's, uh, also web-based tracker where you just click on it. Um, and, uh, it was again, a derivative of cross product. So wouldn't, wouldn't exist without it. Um, Dante, have you ever used cross product before? That was one of the first trackers I ever used like casually. Uh-huh. Cause when you, search for, you know, ALTTP randomizer tracker, you know, before emo tracker really, you know, came forth in popularity, you know, I guess back in like V29, V30 timeframe, uh, you know, you, you would see cross product be like the tracker that was like higher up on the list. So that was, that was what I used. Um, it's, I mean, it's good, but that was back when I was using items only. So at that point, when you're using items only, it's all about what do you want it to look like? And that's it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're not do, using a map, it really doesn't matter at that point. It's just about the, the way it looks and how much space it takes up. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Um, Dante, you had have done a little bit of research into the new hotness. Uh, it seems like the tracker everyone's been checking out now, which is Dunka. Dunka's tracker is good. Um, if you like cross products tracker, you're going to like Dunka's tracker because as you were saying, it's kind of like a spinoff of that. Uh, the thing that makes Dunka's tracker, the new hotness is that Dunka has integrated mystery support. So when you let his tracker website know that it's a mystery seed, when it generates your window, there's a flag icon. And once you start understanding what your goal is, whether or not it's entrance, whether or not it's ball shuffle, things like that, you can toggle these flags and it'll basically change the tracker on the fly for you. Now, if you switch to entrance from regular, if you've marked items, I do believe it gives you a warning that it's going to erase everything and you got to start over. So, Mm -hmm. but you know, pretty early on if you're in entrance or not, Mm -hmm. the, uh, the good news with that is like his tracker has a map that you can use just, I'm assuming it's basically just like cross products. But it also has an entrance tracker as well. And entrance trackers are really hard to use. That's like a very easy time to lose a lot of, I guess, time <laughs> to mm-hmm. yeah. basically because yeah. you know, when you're doing when you're doing the connectors or you're looking for a dungeon, the hardest thing is just being familiar with entrance trackers. And that that's like a whole beast in and of itself. But, you know, a lot of people just use mental notes or like write down key entrances that they need to go back to 
on like a piece of paper or something, whatever works for them. But the Dunkin' Tracker is just really good. Mainly like the biggest thing I think right now that's making it the hotness is that mystery support and being able to change things on the fly. Because if you walk into Thieves Town, there's a Trinex. You're probably going to remember that, but that way you can, it, I mean, it has that toggle for the ball shuffle where you can like cycle through your enemies and it'll like show that there's like a little mini Trinex, like where blind is supposed to be. So that way you can kind of keep track of that as well. And if you're streaming, your audience can keep track of it also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we'll of course link to uh, Big Dunka's tracker. Um, they are, I'm just looking at the the kind of like setup of it right now. I do think it's super cool that you can do mystery because when we did our mystery seat, it was like, I didn't know what to do with my tracker until I knew <laughs> what we were doing. You know, yeah. it's like, this is sort of a weird situation, but it's very cool. They've anticipated that. Um, and you can even pick your sprite here, which is just what will show for like your mail or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for the item tracker, I believe this, it has, um, you know, whatever your sprite is holding up a sword or not holding a sword. Uh, and then you can put the shield on them, et cetera, et cetera. I think cross product does the same thing actually. Um, but yeah, this lets you pick uh, specifically your sprite, which is uh, a nice touch, I think. Um, it's also it's just it's a good looking um, UX just in general. It, it's it's very clear, kind of you know how to set everything up, and all the options are here. I don't think they missed anything. Um, it looks good to me. I might have to check this one out now. I like mm-hmm. it. It's, you know, I, I'm a big emo tracker user just because it's what I'm used to. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a kind of a creature of habit where when I get something that works for me, it takes a really big change or, you know, a big desire to want to uh, change yeah. from what I'm used to. And, sure. you know, I, I've been using Dunka's tracker while here at... Um, at GDQ just because it's been a little easier ex- to access, especially for doing mystery. Cause some of the multis we did were mystery multis. So, you know, having that capability just in case entrance rando shows up is, is a nice thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. We'll have to check that one out. So finally, the last one we're going to talk about here today is emo tracker. Um, it is probably the most popular I would have to say. So we've talked about in the past the fact that Emo Tracker uh, does have auto tracking capabilities and also voice tracking. Um, there was sort of a big to do about that back in the day. I think they both work just fine now, as far as I know. I haven't personally tested them, but um, I'm pretty sure they are available and able to be set up if you wanted to via Emo Tracker. So one thing that's a little bit different about Emo, as we mentioned, is it, it's actually a program. It's not web based. Um, It's something that you need to download first and set up and install the correct packages and whatnot. Um, It's all pretty self-explanatory. It all works the way you would think, you know, just like a normal program installer. Uh, As I said, one downfall is I don't believe it has Mac support. Um, So if you're on iOS, um, then uh, you probably want to go ahead and use a web-based tracker. Uh, But Emo Tracker, if you do have Windows, very easy to download. Um, one thing to mention, I think that's important to say about Emo Tracker is it's not specifically for a link to the past randomizer. The idea is it has the capacity to track a lot of different randomized games. Uh, Zooter, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I've used it in the past for uh, uh, SMZ3R um, that combines Super Metroid and a link to the past. So uh, there's a package for that. Um, and all of these are updated by people within the communities of those games on a regular basis. So there's there's constantly new downloads available to, um, you know, to account for all of these uh, logics and things like that. Um, so it's very robust. And uh, I will say that is a benefit to me because 
when I did try out SMZ3R, I didn't have to go get something completely new. I already had Emo Tracker, which had full capabilities for that, which I liked a lot. Um, so it, it has that going for it. It also has quite a few uh, various modes and options um, that you can set. You know, there's uh, Key Sanity is supported. Uh, I think there's an entrance uh, tracker. I'm not, I'm not positive on that, but I believe it has capabilities for that too. Um, yeah, and it's just a really good looking tracker. It's easy to use. Um, it, it's it's easy. It, I think it's good for streaming because you can change the window setup. Um, you know, to be a lot of different sizes. Uh, just the item tracker, map tracker, etc. Um, you can kind of set those up all kind of how you want them to look. Um, you can do you know different seed counts or, or Ganon kill count or whatever you know that you need to, and and that all works just the way it's it should. Um, other things about emo, um, it does group up the items. Like I was saying before, um, to briefly explain the colors, blue means that you can see what something is like, like uh, desert palace ledge or like Hylia Island. Um, but you can't get it yet. And it does let you mark, you know, what that item is. So, so you kind of have an idea and you can keep it in your pinned locations. Um, orange means that, uh, you can uh, potentially get something or, or no, I'm sorry. I think orange means you can get some things, but you can also see what some things are. Uh, it, because it also, I see, it also yeah. means you usually it's for dungeons a lot of times where you won't be able to get everything. So for instance, um, the only overworld thing I think on emo tracker that is orange is hookshot cave. And that's if you have boots and that's because you'll be able to get one of the four chests in there logically uh, versus you know, all of them. So, yeah. you know, if you go to Swamp Palace, if you look at it and you have a mirror and you have, you know, obviously your Moon Pearl hammer and, or even without hammer, we'll say, but flippers, it'll show up orange. And that's because you can check a certain number of chests there, but you can't complete the dungeon. So when you get that hook shot, it'll basically say you can full clear this. That's when it turns green. Yeah. Um, another place is Sahasrila. Uh, you know, you can yes. get those three items, but you you know it, when you just start out you don't have the green pendant so it's not letting you necessarily get that but it will let you put something in to say what you know the, the, to remind you to go back and get it basically um and then yellow is uh you can get there with a glitch or going through a dark room um like um you know at the very beginning of the game uh, uh hobo shows up as yellow because you can fake flipper there um, also Eastern Palace. That's another thing that I've seen that's different in some trackers versus others is uh, escape. Um, you can either kind of section that up as like there's the three in escape, then there's the three in back of escape, then there's dark cross. Like those are three separate checks. Or, uh, you know, emo tracker has it set up to where it's a dungeon and those are all together and you, you know, count the items just the same way you would as, you know, counting items in Eastern or somewhere else like that. Um, right. but just make sure you know which one yours is before you start it actually that's i think that's good advice in general for any of these trackers is um you shouldn't be using it the very first time like in a race or something like that like hopefully you've just opened it up and clicked around a little bit <laughs> yeah don't do to that no yeah mm -hmm. to know like what color is what and what's available and if i right click this will happen if i left click this will happen like that's another thing in emo tracker the two boomerangs occupy the same space you left click to say that you found the blue boomerang and you right click to say you found the right the red one you know so that's just something you wouldn't know until you would used it and tried it a couple times um, so definitely be sure to play around with the tracker before you actually start your time in a seed uh, if you never have before 
One thing you um, let's one thing yeah, what you else mentioned about email? about emo tracker is kind of you know that customization ability for the UI uh, as well as you know what you broadcast out there. You know your broadcast view, if you want to call it that. That was I think you you activate that by hitting F two, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the window you want to capture. Um, I've talked to a few runners <clears throat> in the past where they basically said, you know, they did they never saw the difference between the green and the yellow when they were reading logic, and this basically came to SM like came from SMZ three because they didn't know Super Metroid side. And I asked them why couldn't they see it. And they said, oh, well, I'm colorblind. I can't see the difference between green and yellow. Mm-hmm. One of the cool things with Emo Tracker, if, and I'm not the one to ask how to do this because I've, I've tried to do it. I haven't been successful just to play around and try to learn. But if you do those export overrides in that program, and this is where the program side of it, I think, is a little more beneficial, you can change the color layout of the squares to be whatever you want it to be. So if you have you know, a handicap in that regard where, you know, you may be colorblind and you can't differentiate those two, you could change those to be a different color. And then at that point, you'd be able to see what, you know, the difference between the two so you'd understand it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I think all of them, um, to to their credit, are all pretty highly customizable too. Um, you'll find GitHub links in the descriptions for most of these. Um, which means you can pretty much just open it up and take a look at its guts and make a new version of it if you want to, as long as you yeah. credit them and give them the thanks they deserve for that. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. What else about Emo? Um, it, like I said, it's its own uh, you know, program that you download. Uh, it has its own website with support, uh, its own Discord um, that pe- you can go in and ask questions into, so that's very helpful. Um, they have a very helpful community there. Um Oh, this is another sort of, I guess, just kind of general tracker thing. But uh, when I was playing the biweekly seed, uh, the swordless, um, it occurred to me about halfway through that uh, even though this is a swordless and so that I had no reason to be tracking swords, it made sense to go ahead and say that I had the master sword from the very beginning so that things like skull woods would be shown as beatable. Um, because in a swordless mode they are, but without, you know, saying I had a sword, it looked like I wasn't able to get there. Um, so just a, a quick note, I guess, kind of think about the quirks of whatever mode that you're playing and what that might mean for what is available to you. And you might want to adjust your tracker accordingly uh, yeah, to be able to. That's something you have to think of, like you were saying. The other thing, this, this honestly took me a, uh, probably about 10 different swordless seeds before I realized this. So, you know, you mentioned the left and the right click with emo tracker, left click, obviously makes your sword advance, right click would, you know, oops, I clicked too many. Let me go back. (laughs) And if you actually, while it's at zero or blank, if you right click it, it'll actually turn to a sword with an X. So it's basically in swordless mode. And then after that, the logic and, you know, the, the mat logic incorporates that. So you have to have a hammer and a book to check the tablets or you have to have a hammer or and or a cape basically to get through the aga barrier. Um, so well, that's, be damned. Yeah, it'll it'll actually, you know, pull all that logic in for you. So, you know, I guess that's a, a glass shattering moment for Temp. But yeah, it's, holy uh, crap. it's nice to, you know, when I found that, I was like, all right, now I don't have to worry about weird stuff anymore happening on my tracker. Yeah. Well, thanks for the heads up. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Huh. <laughs> Sweet. Don't do the thing I said. Do the thing Dante said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else about Emo Tracker specifically? I'll I say have that, no experience with it. 
I'll, I'll say I haven't used this personally. I saw a few people using it last night for the big multi-world here at GDQ, but um, Emo has integrated a, I'll, I'll say somewhat user-friendly because I haven't used it, and but everyone seems to, a lot of people seem to like it better than just the Python script. But if you're into Bonta's multi-world, uh, it does have integration for that. So mm. that's a, um, I don't know how to set that up personally, like I was saying, but that that's something a lot of people do like. It makes it a little more, I guess, user-friendly, easier to read. And if you're doing auto-tracking as well, that can kind of be bundled in and it keeps you, it keeps you, you know, up, up to date as far as like what items you have, especially if you get like four items at one time and you forget to track something in a multi-world, it can be a huge mess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that should do it for emo. Any final thoughts on tracking? Uh, anything that maybe you wanted to say that we didn't get a chance to, um, anything like that. I talked to a couple people here at GDQ about tracking and, you know, most of them say it's, it's necessary. Uh, I I won't say names because I'm, I'm paraphrasing and I don't want to misquote, but, uh, I was told that there are a couple runners that will at least say there's no point in tracking. It's a huge waste of time. (laughs) Oh, wow. And Mm -hmm. all I could think was if I had that mental capacity, that would be fantastic. But to remember that much information on the fly you know, I, yeah. I, I, I like to reserve my brain power for, you know, other things like trying to think of routing and such. I, I, I don't think I personally have the mental capacity to do that. But, um, you know, to those that do, more power to them. But, you know, if you think tracking is a waste of time, then you're on a whole whole other level whole than other me. Level. <laughs> yeah, sure, exactly. yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, you, you know, I think you put it perfectly when you say mental capacity, which is something we've talked about uh, in recent episodes um, with Error actually, and bosses. You know, it's, there's something to be said for being able to focus what little mental capacity that you have on things that deserve your attention. And to me, you know, marking my tracker, you know, where I've been and where I haven't been, that's something I would much rather offload and let somebody else worry about, aka my tracker, so that I can use my mental capacity to think about bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. All right. Good good talk. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right. So um guys, no fetch questions this time. I think we need to officially ask for some fetch questions. <laughs> I hate to do it. I it makes me feel a little scummy, but uh we would love to hear your questions. Even if you have to kind of think of one for us, we don't we don't mind. That's fine. As long as it's fun to talk about or something you're curious about. Um, or if you want to send in a puzzler or something like that, anything, um, that you want to send to us, you can do so by emailing it to email at gomodepodcast.com. You can also use the contact form on our website, which is gomodepodcast.com. Um, we're also on Twitter. You can tweet at us at gomodepodcast and of course, join our discord that we talk about all the time. We'll have a link to that in the description. Um, let's talk about bi-weekly seeds. So, Dante, uh, I played your little swordless. (laughs) I played your swordless. Thank you very much for giving me that. I really enjoyed it. Um, It was it was uh, it was a real bastard of a seed, sir. I played (laughs) I played it in the uh, the go mode like community race type thing, Uh and uh, 
I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I said that in the post-race interview. So weirdly enough, it wasn't the fact that it was swordless that made it suck so bad. Um, that was uh, a minor inconvenience, I would say, if anything. You gave us lots of really nice safeties, which I've greatly appreciated. It was just the item layout was just absolute garbage on this one. It's, it's just, he's like having to run around all over the place. It is a testament of why you just don't use the customizer. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, just let it do its randomization. Don't try to m- make your own little thing unless you're doing a full-on, I guess, plando. But, you know, I, they, they say, like, everything that ends up being terrible has, like, the best intentions most times. And mm-hmm. I, I wanted the, the safeties and such and the weapons to be, you know, useful for everyone. But, man, that was – it was something else. <laughs> Yeah, it made me realize I'm very much looking forward to having Arrow on Arrow Roar on for part two of the bosses episode because I was realizing that like all the hardest bosses are in the the bottom half of the alphabet. And, uh, <laughs> I guess I didn't that's know true, what to, yeah I didn't know what to do for a lot of them. Uh, didn't have silvers for most of the game. Obviously, no sword. Um, so yeah, I'm very curious to see what I should have done against Vitreus versus what I ended up doing. Which was chugging three potions in a row and, and just going ham with my hammer. Hey, Which worked works. eventually. It, it worked works. eventually. It took a death, but yeah, I got it done. Um, man, when that seed was over, I was just happy to have beat it. I didn't even care about what my time was. I was just like, thank God. Like, I, I found all the items. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. But anyway, it was good practice. And for the next one, um, I hope this isn't too obvious, but what if we just say... If, if you're someone who uses Emo Tracker, maybe check out Cross Product or uh, Dunka for this next one or vice versa. Um, just try a new tracker. Try try something out that you haven't used before and uh, see how you like it for this one. That's what I'm yeah. saying. As an added challenge, I personally want to encourage anyone who uses a map tracker normally to try and play the seed without a map tracker just to mm. see how it goes. Mm, okay, All that's right. a fair challenge. That's fair. I could I could get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think other good. than that, yeah, other than that, it'll just be a open seven seven defeat cannon. We try not to make it too spicy too often for you, um, so it'll just be another kind of regular sort of seed. Um, so we'll have that up with the episode. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, let's let's get into individual shoutouts. Dante, uh, where can people watch you play Rando? Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Dante. And I guess twitter.com slash Dante. I've been I've been kind of slack on. I told everybody I was going to tweet a lot from GDQ, and I just I've been so involved. I really haven't been taking any pictures or tweeting a lot. So I apologize. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make that up today. That is extremely relatable content. I always do the same thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be really connected and share my experience with people, and then it's like I'm too busy experiencing it, <laughs> and I'm not sharing it. And I I totally get that. You know, exactly. I per, I per, as the old grumpy guy of this podcast, I personally think that's great that you guys are actually <laughs> experiencing stuff instead of just staring at it through your cell phone screen the whole time. See, that's so. what I always tell myself is like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm living it. That's a good thing. Yeah, and then I get exactly. home and I'm like, God, I wish I had taken more pictures. Nah, whatever. You know? Well, it's yeah. like, you know, uh, Temp's gonna, Tuesday Temp is going to cut this probably. But the, <laughs> the thing that kind of got us, there's been two nights where um, someone, and I think a lot of people are doing this and, and shout outs to them for doing it. It's not my cup of tea, but they're doing like IRL streams with Ack and myself were sitting beside each other for the multi last night, and this person walks up doing an IRL stream talking to someone watching us play and was like, hey, 
you know, you're on my stream right now. Use this paint marker and sign me. And it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. That's annoying. Yeah, it is annoying. That's a bit much, IMO. Yeah, just um, just enjoy the time, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Herf, tell us your Twitch. Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash herfydurfy. Sweet. And I'm at twitch.tv slash temp underscore. And uh, I've really got to kick the music writing into gear. Um, so I can get that MSU pack out in a timely fashion. So check that out uh, or check out my stream. I should be doing that um, within the next week or so, I would imagine. And also playing rando and racing in the Challenge Cup and stuff like that. Uh, and then our official Twitch uh, channel is twitch.tv slash Podcast. Been bringing you tons of Challenge Cup restreams. So uh, be sure to check that out. Um, let's see. What else? Uh I think is that everything? I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I think that's everything. <laughs> I I mean I think so. If Herf says it's everything, then it's everything. So. I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for us. Uh, you know, Tuesday Tim will help us if if I did forget something. But um, thank you all so much for listening to another episode of Go Mode. Um, Dante, do you have that? mirror because i was just looking and i i think i might have misplaced mine yeah let me grab this off the hotel wall real quick and pass it over whoa you throwing that i mean you're kind of far away now so all right let me just look into this and we'll mirror out of here